How can you dream with your eyes open? When you're dreaming with your eyes open, you're a day walker, right? You're, you're working, you're striving towards your goals, you're imaginative, you're doing the things it takes to go to that level so you can break your success code. And we're talking about it on this episode of The Success Code. Let's bring it in. Ready? Welcome to The Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking The Success Code. Success Code. Hi, everybody. It's Robert, five-time best-selling author, internationally recognized speaker, and your host of this show, The Success Code, where we give positive strategies, tactics, and interviews to show you, help you, and guide you on your way to cracking your success code. And today, I'm super excited. I got my brother, Daniel Mangena, and he is a transformational life coach, public speaker, and author and he's going to teach us the power of dreaming and how to dream with your eyes open, how to stay conscious and strive towards your goals. Daniel, how you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So real quick, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, just tell them who you are, what you do. So my name is Daniel Mangena. Um, I'm not Australian. I'm actually from the UK. Okay. <laughs> I actually get to live in uh, in Cabo, Mexico. Uh, I'm a dad. I've got a two-month-old son, a five-year-old stepdaughter. Uh, I do speaking around the world at the moment. That's virtual. That's <laughs> for most speakers, I think that's the same. I have a multiple best-selling author. Um, I've got a podcast as well called Do It With Dan. And overall, what I get to do every single day is support people live more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives by dreaming with their eyes open. Wow, that's amazing. Um, how'd you get into that? How? What inspired you? You know, I have my story that made me want to coach. And, you know, I do the same thing. I'm a transformational coach. I just uh, word it different and use different nomenclature. But what inspired you to want to do that? And... Um, and um, take on that profession? You know, I had very much a Jonah and the Whale experience. Yeah. Um, I was had fun doing business before, uh, but the calling to do what I do now, the journey started, I'd say, 13 years ago now, uh-huh. when early success that I'd had in my life came to a halt, everything went to pants, and I actually had made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 24 years old. Wow. Now, the first time that I lost everything, I wasn't faded. I was 20. Uh, was I even 20? I think yeah, I was 20 years old. Uh-huh. Everything's gone. But I still had the the gusta of youth, right? So I was like, okay, cool. You know, a couple of missteps there. Uh-huh. No worries. I'm going to build it up again. So I went and built up again. And then everything was gone again. <laughs> and the second time that I lost everything, what actually happened was... I looked back and I asked myself, have I been deluded this whole time? Yeah. Is this manifest- manifestation stuff all poppycock? Should I just have listened to my mum, stayed at university, married that girl from church, gone there every week, had a couple of kids? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. originally said, you know, I was going to work in the city of London and be an investment banker. And I had the whole plan out. And here I was looking at the aftermath of me failing to achieve twice in a row in such a short period of time. And so what actually happened was 
I actually came to the point where I was convinced that I had nothing more to offer anyone. Yeah. All that I thought I had was shame, embarrassment, failure, not living up to other people's expectations that I made my own. Yeah. And the only reason why I didn't commit suicide, this is going to make you laugh, but not really, but it will, was because I didn't want to fail at something else. That's the only reason why I didn't try. Yeah. Stomachs can be pumped. Uh, wrists. You've, I've seen too many people with, with cut marks on their wrists to, to, yeah. to trust that because I was fearful, not of death and the great beyond. I was fearful that if I don't pull this off, I'm just going to be a failure at something else. Yeah. So I didn't try. I actually resolved, get this, I resolved to work out what went wrong yeah. with my manifestation technique so that I could manifest a successful suicide. Yeah. And that was what I went off to do. But what happened was, is I got so engrossed and caught up with the journey of reviewing all of the books that I'd read and new books that were coming out at the time. I read The Power of Now. Um, the Secret came out about that time. And I was like, this is okay, but there's, yeah. this is, it's got stuff missing. And so I set off to look at this great puzzle of manifestation that lasts and work out what was wrong. But I polluted my mind with so much positivity that I accidentally rewired my mind and decided to choose life. Yeah. Now, at the time, I didn't choose life to share it with others. It wasn't about service. It was literally very selfishly about rebuilding my life yeah. and getting to a level of success that made me feel whole. Now, I'm fortunate. You know, I'd had fancy cars and a lot of fancy stuff yeah. quite young. So all I really wanted was, you know, I like nice things. I had like a few watches, I had a nice house and I fly first class. It wasn't about boasting. I wasn't interested in like being on the cover of magazines. Mm -hmm. I just liked having a nice life. Yeah. But bit by bit, what kept knocking on my door was that the book that I said I was going to write about Beyond Intention, which is the, the product of all of that time and that learning, that studying and that, that reimagining, I, I needed to finish that book and I needed to share this message with people. And I hit this point where it's like, life just kept saying, D, can you stop faffing around with all this other stuff? Let me show you how wonderful it's going to be for you to wake up every morning, changes people's lives with this stuff. All this, this is great. Well done. You've done it. Pat yourself on the back. You've, you've made it now. You've proven to yourself that you weren't deluded. There was just a few things missing, but now's the time to go and share this with others. And yeah. that's why I do that every day. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, you know, I resonate with that story uh, and I want to, dissect it a little bit because I thought there were some cool things in it that people that are listening can um, can uh, listen to. But, you know, it's funny you said how when you were depressed, because I know when I was depressed, what got me through was the same thing. I just didn't want to fail. I was afraid of the failure. I wasn't, you know, I didn't want to end it. I was just like, it was almost like I couldn't let, I just, I just couldn't not do it. I can't not be successful i have to figure this out was kind of the feeling mm -hmm. so i resonate with that so i feel you on that but mm -hmm. i want to talk about that thinking of should i would have should i just had got a nine to five you know after, <laughs> like, after you lost everything because you have those internal negative thoughts we all do as entrepreneurs but we still mm -hmm. strive we still mm -hmm. go towards our goals even though those thoughts are there and we're being bombarded by the thoughts of other people. 
mm-hmm. who are saying, you know, go, you know, to medical school or whatever. Just go, <laughs> you know. And um, I actually, uh, now that I'm successful, quote unquote, in this space, when people ask me, how do I start a business and stuff like that? I'll go, oh, it's too stressful. Just go get a job. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's too stressful. Everybody- go get a job. But how do you deal with that? How'd you deal with that moment even when maybe people were talking and maybe you had that that those thoughts? How did you push past that? And um tell me about that time. Do you know the craziest thing, Roy, is that it wasn't even people really talking, it was my projections about what I thought people were saying. Mm-hmm. And I think part of this my story that I love to impart on others is how much weight we give to other people's input, even when it's imagined, our expectations about what someone else has to say, our expectations or our beliefs and narratives about what other people have got to say, our projections, and how we let all of those illusions impact our choices and stop us living the abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life that we should be living. Mm -hmm. I actually have got such an amazingly supportive, beautiful family. Yeah. I've got, I'm from a big family. Uh, my, my parents emigrated from Zimbabwe to the UK in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, on my mum's side, I'm one of five kids. I've got some half brothers and sisters that are my dad. But in terms of like my closer network, I've got my, uh, my mum's five and I've got two of my half siblings I'm very, very close with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've got like a dozen nephews and nieces. Like we've got a beautiful, lovely family and they had my back the whole time. But I actually got caught up in what I was ashamed of for what I had failed at. Yeah. And it was actually the loving support of my family that helped me to see that those narratives that I was holding weren't true. Yeah. You know, so for people that are looking down at what they think, I just want everyone to pause for a second, just ask themselves, is it true that this is what these people have got to say? Or am I simply creating a narrative based on my fears? my disempowering and, and, and contractive expectations that are leading to me thinking and holding visions of these things when they're not even real. Yeah. They're not even real. And that's one of the things about dream with your eyes open is recognizing at a deep level, if we go down the rabbit hole, yeah. even the words that people truly speak only have the power that I give to it. So even that is illusionary because yeah. ultimately it comes down to me and God, what we're talking about, everything else is sprinkles and I can take or leave that at the end of the day that's so true man that's so true hey a bunch of people hopped on we are talking about dreaming with your eyes open with daniel mangana daniel right now is just breaking down uh some awesome ideas he's actually coaching me right now because some of the things i struggle with he just gave me a good outlook on things uh because i do think sometimes i project that people are saying things that they're really not Make sure you guys jump into chat and ask Daniel a question. That's going to be on the right side if you're on YouTube. That's going to be below if you're on Facebook or below if you're on LinkedIn. If you're on Periscope or those other apps, we don't even know where you go to comment. But uh, I'm sure you guys can figure it out. Um, So really quick, you have a book. Uh, You have multiple books, yeah? Mm -hmm. Talk about your latest Actually, talk about your first book you wrote. Uh, what inspired you to wrote, write it and kind of what's the premise of it? So this is really funny. The first book that I wrote, I just wrote 
so I could get over myself and write a book. So my first book doesn't really fit into the overall narrative of my writing journey <laughs> mm -hmm. because I was literally popping my cherry so I could get over this whole thing. Oh my God, I've got to write a book. Mm -hmm. So my first book really is just an expose on my ideas about how we can develop a mastery over time and to tap into an abundance around time. Yeah. So that's from time to time. It's a quick book, but it will really help you to create more time in your life. The first book that's real in terms of really mission-led was The Dreamer's Manifesto, which is a breakdown of my catchphrase, dream with your eyes open. And I break down what that means and how you can start to dream with your eyes open. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, you know, I help speakers build a speaking business. And one of the things I help them do is write in and publish a best-selling book because of the positioning, the positioning that it creates, the USP that it creates, and and the authority it creates. So tell me, uh, how did business go, and how did your your level of positioning and authority go up after you released your book and you released your message? Because a lot of times we have so much we can give to help others, but they don't know that we can help them until we package it and put it into something that they can consume. Mm -hmm. You know what's really interesting is that, and I, I'm, I found this like right now, I'm, I'm gonna be on a TED stage later this year. Mm. And the writing process was a lot easier for me because I knew my message. So my capacity yeah. to share my message with others came from the clarity that I have. And the clarity that I have around my message has come from the fact, fact that I sat down and wrote a book. Mm. So I think there's a symbiotic relationship between my ability within myself to connect with my material so that I can communicate it with clarity. And then the clarity that that gives with those that I'm gonna be communicating the message to. Because it doesn't matter how well positioned you are or how many opportunities that you would get people on. If they don't have a clarity of what they're saying, a yeah. connection, a true connection with, with their message and what they're saying, they're not going to be effective in presenting that anyway. It's gonna yeah. be, be a hunk, it's gonna be a flop. So yeah. I think it's great that you actually bring a book into the process because mm -hmm. the relationship that you build with your material, yeah. when you're putting it into a succinct and concise fashion so that people can actually communicate with it and have a relationship with it too. Mm -hmm. So it's not just my random thoughts. You know, for me, my writing process is initially, I just blurb, just, just get yeah. it all out. And then I go through, oh, that's great. That's actually a blog post. Yeah. Hang on a minute, that could be a live. Oh, you know, that's a, a worksheet or a piece of free content. Uh -huh. Here's my through line. Here's the clarity. Now, anytime I get up to speak, I don't need a script because my relationship with my materials, bang, bang, yeah. bang, bang, bang. I can hop on a podcast. I can talk about it. I can, you can put me on a stage. And this actually happened once. Quick, funny story. Uh -huh. I was going to support some friends of mine. I was in New York. They had a, an, an event. They had like two, 300 real estate agents that were going to be there. Their keynote speaker dropped out. And they asked me, I'm leaving Brooklyn to get to Manhattan. 90 minutes from that call, I was on stage delivering a keynote. Why? <laughs> because I have a relationship with my content because I know it. And I know it because I've deepened that relationship through, A, having a clear message, mm -hmm. having that communicated in a book, yeah, and using that same core message. I'm not all over the place. Mm -hmm. I'm not all over the place. And I'm sure the speakers and the authors that you're, that, that you're coaching you get them having that very clean through line. I'm not yeah. all over the place. I have a central message. You may hear me talking about abundance. You might hear me talking about relationships, but ultimately I'm talking about how 
our alignment, intention, and choice create our reality. Yeah. No matter what it looks like, what the program is, what the, the topic of the, the speech is, uh-huh. the blog, whatever, it's going to come down to that. But again, that clarity, that anchor came from sitting down and writing the book. The book. So the book didn't just position you, but you also was transformed in writing it because it yeah. pulled it pulled out what you had in you and made it made it systemizable, made it made it digestible. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. That's a good distinction. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna start teaching that. I'm gonna take that from you. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll send the invoice later. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I love how you didn't have to get ready because you stay ready. You know, people ask me all the time, how, what, like, how am I able to go up there and just speak? Um, I actually don't, you know, super practice or prepare. I just kind of have my map on where I want to go, what stories I want to tell, how long I'm going to tell them. Then I kind of just, I'm going to dance with the audience as I'm looking and seeing what they need and things like that. And so uh, that's amazing as well. So I want you to quickly give... Um, a moment in a story of struggle, a moment that maybe changed your thinking in that moment, that a, a moment where you just really had um, went from maybe being foggy to being clear. Like my moment was when I was pushing my 1987 Honda Civic down the 10 freeway and it broke down on me and I had to push that car two miles and sometime, sometime in between those two miles, I decided to take full responsibility for my life and I was changed in that moment. Mm-hmm. Do you have a moment, a struggle moment or a high emotional moment that really molded and uh, and impacted you as a person? So I like to say that my life's actually like a trilogy. Yeah. Right. I've got the first bit where I had my early success mm-hmm. that kind of culminates in losing. And then I had the rebuild. And then I had... The 13th of February, 2018, I was on a walking meditation at a meditation retreat. Mm-hmm. And what actually happened was at the end of the meditation, I had, let me backtrack. So the, the funny thing about this retreat is that it wasn't great for me, the retreat. Yeah. Like um, my girlfriend at the time, it was the, that was the, the tail end of that relationship. Mm-hmm. She came along. She wasn't really into it. She didn't really like the people that were there. And normally, if you're going to go and plug in to like an experience, you go and you plug into that experience, you, you unplug from the world. Mm-hmm. Like every time we came out of a session, she was waiting outside the door like this. So it's like, <laughs> I, I never got a chance to really get into it in the evenings. She's there. She wants to have a fight and an argument about all this stuff. So the week was kind of whack for me, really. And what actually happened was, is that the morning after the, the, the week had finished, I said, you know, what? I'm just going to go and have walking meditation I was in New Mexico Santa Fe in February it was ball bustingly cold I had long johns I had a thermal vest I had two pairs of socks I had gloves hot pockets <laughs> body warmer woolly hat scarf I'm out there I'm doing this walking meditation and I just had this moment where number one I actually connected to all of the junk that had happened in my life yeah and I'd always had like positives, like, oh, you know, how great this had happened. And, you know, I, I learned to appreciate my family. I'm a more humble person now. I'm a nicer human being, like all of this stuff. But I hadn't actually accepted gratefully the whole situation. I had pockets of it that I was grateful for, but there was stuff that was under the mat. And in that moment, I realized that it was because of the beauty 
of those experiences, even in the ugliness that I was here and now. And here and now, on the backdrop of all of that, I was able to see that it all came together so that I could make the choice now to fully commit to service and my mission. And whilst I believe in infinite possibilities and all the other ways that it could have happened, it doesn't matter the ways it could have happened. How it was, how it did happen is, is this is what it is now. I'm here and I'm only here because of everything that happened before me. I look at when I was, I'd moved to Dubai, I came back for this same relationship that didn't work. I came back, but had I not come back, I wouldn't have gone to this particular event in Berlin, which actually gave me the scientific backing that what I'd been playing with as ideas was real and yeah. set me off another path, Yeah. right? When I look at, I wouldn't have had beyond intention my model were it not for the fact that I, at that point of wanting to kill myself, I accepted I have to depend on me to make it happen. So that shadow, that dark journey preceded everything that led up to this moment. Yeah. And I was tearful for a couple of hours, snot coming out of my nose, which yeah. is not comfortable when you haven't got tissue and it's cold outside. Yeah. I was overjoyed and grateful for the first time ever. I was actually truly grateful for all of it. Not the bits that were positive, but the bits that had been swept under the under the under the mat, I pulled them out and I just loved on them and I loved on myself because all of it led to me being able to go out there and serve with all that I'd been through. Through my struggles, mm-hmm. people could tap their greatness and could add more beauty to the world. And that's where my mission statement really came to life because it's not through, you know, I think through our struggles and our challenges, we can light up people and it's humanity is a sum total of the humans that make it up, right? Yeah. And if we want to reach that tipping point that's going to shift humanity, it's not going to be fighting people or mm-hmm. arguing with them or putting angry posts on Facebook. It's mm-hmm. going to be from having a life that is a light that brings light to the lives of others and yes. ignites their light and adds more life to others. And I wouldn't have had my light were it not for the shadows and the darkness that I got yes. through. Yes. Yo, that's amazing. You said some crucial things there. One thing um, I always say is that the story of life only has two characters in its narratives. That's struggle and progress. And str- that struggle mm-hmm. and progress. So you gotta honor that struggle. And and yeah, man, we gotta let the ego go. And and if we really wanna help people, we gotta stop arguing, come into a consensus consensus agreement, or at least just be decent, decent. And if we really wanna tra- change people, we have to do it with our actions, our light, our uh, the word I light is our own magnanimity. Um, I love that word because it just means leading with action. You know, I can, I'm, I'm super workout health freak, not, not health freak, but I love to work out. I'm real. <laughs> I still splurge, but um, a lot of times I want to help people. I want them to lose weight and I want them to be more healthier, especially in my family. Cause I know, where I'm going successful wise, and I'm going to be able to change the dynamics of my whole family, but I just need them healthy so they can enjoy it when it comes. Cause it mm-hmm. takes 10, 15, 20 years, you know? And so mm-hmm. then I realized the way to do that is to every day work out and be healthy. And through that light and action and my bringing my umph to it, then they get inspired and they change. It doesn't come from yelling at them or trying to finesse them to, to do that it comes from being that light like you said mm-hmm. right 
Um, we got a couple questions. I want to ask you real quick. How'd you like Dubai? Because I have a bunch of speaking engagements coming up this year in the Middle East. A lot in Dubai, speaking at the World Expo and stuff like that. How you, how do you well, like when you, it? When you Mentor there, just moved there. I actually tried twice to move to Dubai. So there have been three places in the world that I've been like, I can live here full time. Mm-hmm. The first place that I found was um, the islands of Asia, like out in the, the Thai islands, not the buzzy Bangkok, the, the chill islands. Yeah. And if I hadn't ended up in carb, if it wasn't for the fact that when I started to do this work, I was getting all my speaking engagements in North America, I probably would have gone to Asia, but it's just too long a journey to come back. Yeah. The other was Cabo. I came here for three days, three days turned to 10. And I just, I just decided I live here. That was it. I moved into a hotel and that was me. Um, the other place was Dubai. So I went one time and then, like I said, you know, she said, oh, I love you. I want to be with you. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And I came back. Interesting decision. We're grateful for it when too, but I would have liked to, to stay. And then the next time I'd gone out and then, um, uh, I just started getting stuff in North America. So I, I just had to, I had to just dip out and, and go back to North America. But Dubai is one of those interesting places. It's, it's man-made. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. It's everything that you need mm-hmm. is there, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've had like a roll of tape delivered to my house. Everything's convenience. But I love the juxtaposition of you can go up to Deira and Old Town Mm-hmm. And you can sit like the last time I was there, like I went and met some of my friends in like Old Town and we sat and had like a traditional Arabic meal. We're sitting on the mats and we're, we're, we're eating with our hands and we're, we're having a good time. And then that night I was at like a rooftop restaurant, like looking out on the city, having a, a wild time with my buddies, you know. Yeah. So there's this beautiful juxtaposition of old and new of the traditional culture. It's very safe. Yeah. You know, I've got small kids. So I'm thinking at safety. Um, quality of life is high. Quality of education is high. But there are some things that people ha- take umbrance with. You know, they say, well, it's, it's very new. A lot of it's synthetic. People don't think it's got as much of a soul, but you just need to know where to look for it. You yeah. know, it's got the skyscrapers and all of that, but it's got those beautiful, you can go out to the to the desert mm-hmm. and hang out with the Bedouins. You know, you can go up to the old town. It's got such a balanced mix of yeah. different things. And I, I, I really love it. But when you're going out there, let me know. I'll definitely hook you up with some of my buddies. Oh, cool. And uh, make sure that you get some a good time. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we got a couple questions and comments. Someone asked, where can you get your book? Okay, we'll, we'll have them plug everything at the end, uh, like we always do. Uh, someone said, hi, beautiful minds, Teresa. Hey, Thank Teresa, you. how are you? Um, I want to ask this question. Usually one of our... Um, Someone who usually watches every episode asks this question, so I'm going to ask it for them. They're not on. If you lost everything again, Mm -hmm. what's the first three steps you would take towards getting back to the life you have now or or better? So I'm going to give you a lesson that I learned from a dear friend of mine, one of my mentors. He's a, I actually think, he, he doesn't say he's a billionaire, but I know enough about his, like, his assets let me put it this way i know from for a fact he's got two accounts chilling with like over 200 million in it that just yeah. they're just there yeah. they don't really do anything <laughs> right 
he's doing well okay uh-huh. and i remember once you know part of my my journey in the well story when i i you know i had a bit of a hostile takeover of one of my businesses and he called me up he was it was in london he called me up we had a glass of champagne we're sitting down he says dan i want to tell you something about my story because you know i wasn't born with this now his dad was a diplomat so i i kind of thought he kind of had everything laid out for him but he's like no he made his initial money in timber out in west africa in liberia uh-huh. but what happened was is that he made a couple more he wasn't like killing it killing it but he was killing it you know but then there was a civil war he had to leave and lost everything he came to london there's a girl he was kind of dating he was living on her sofa that's his wife today and the mother of his children within a year and a half he was worth millions again and he said daniel it all came down to relationships uh-huh relationships and i think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that capital goes beyond money you can lose all the money in the world yeah but if you understand that true abundance isn't in the money it's in the capacity to create money through the resources that we have that go beyond our skills capital i still have my mind i can still get it down and put it together and i've honored the relationships in my life so the first thing that i would do if i lost everything is i take pause and work out what my next step is in terms of what do I need to be stable? Because you want to be in a conducive space to create. So yeah. I'd ask myself, based on where I am now, what do I need to be stable? Do I need 3000 a month? Do I need 5000 a month? Okay, then I'm going to make my first step, finding a problem yeah. that has a corresponding solution that would put at least six months in my pocket. That's the first thing that I do. And then I leverage my relationships in order to find people with that problem and connect them with the solution and put six months in my pocket so that I've got six months where my needs are met and I don't have to stress because being in fight or flight, being in survival mode is not a place to be getting it. Yeah. Because the chemicals and hormones in our body are not going to support us being expansive. They're going to support us treading water. So I want to be out of that position. So that's the first thing that I would do. Once I had that, I would look at where do I want to go next? Based on whatever had led to the disillusion and loss, what quality of life? I'd use it as an opportunity to rewrite my life script. Where do I want to be now? Where do I want to live in the world? As an ideal and as a next step. Obviously, now I've got family. I've got other responsibilities. So I'd sit down and I'd sit down with my wife and we'd map out. Okay, babe, this is what, where do we want to be? We want to be in the Middle East? Okay, let's work out what it's going to look like for us to be in the Middle East for the next year so that we can be in a space of emotional and mental freedom so that we can put in the work to create that physical and financial freedom. Yeah. That would be my next step. And then I'd go and ask myself every day, what relationships, what skills and mental capital can I put forward to find problems and solutions that I can solve and connect people with that are going to enable me to create that in my life? That's what I would do. Yo, that's huge. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people are trying to lift themselves up from their bootstraps. So if you want to, and we had, um, we had uh, my brother, uh, Brandon Stokes on here, who uh, founded a startup um, and founding another startup, I can't say his idea, but he said that same thing. He said, you know, you got to get on your grind and have enough money so you can be creative. So you're not worrying about the money. And he Mm -hmm. saved up a year's worth of money and, um, um, to have that time and that working capital is huge. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to jump into the red zone here. 
Daniel, where I just hit you with about five quick hot shot questions that kind of hard, kind of cool, and just to get okay. into your mind. Um, real, and then we'll take, if anyone comes in with questions, then we'll close it out. Uh, real quick for everyone who just jumped on, we are talking to Daniel Mangana about dreaming with your eyes open. He has dropped gems. He has really coached me and gave me some really good ideas. Someone just said, that is greatness. You're absolutely right. That is greatness. That is greatness. Um, so let's jump into the red zone. All right, Daniel, you ready? Give me your favorite book and why. I've actually got five books that I live by. Go ahead. And those five books that I live by are the foundation for the pillars that I choose for my life, the pillars mm -hmm. that I select for my life. Mm -hmm. They are right now. For Financial Freedom, it's a Science of Getting Rich. For Relationships, it's a book called Relating Revolution by Chris Amino Kelka. For Expansion, it stays the power of now. For Meaning and Purpose, it's the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And when it comes down to personal power and being proud of myself, it's The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Amazing. Um, I need to read that book, The Way of the Superior Man. Uh, Nipsey, I don't know if you know who Nipsey Hussle is, but he passed away. But he had a yes. dramatic impact on the culture here and on my life. Uh, I remember oh, I would go to speak and, you know, be nervous. I would listen to a lot of his music, but um, he recommended that book too. So I need to hop on that book as well. Okay. Uh, would you rather be loved or respected and why? Nicola Machiavelli said it's better to be feared than love because the people fear when the prince chooses, but love when the people choose. So I think it really comes down to where you're at in terms of what kinds of relationships do you want? And I actually favor authentic relationships over anything else. Yeah. So I would rather love. So I would rather be loved so I can facilitate a mutual exchange of love. Amazing. Amazing. What's a quote you live by and why? One besides <laughs> yours, dreaming with your eyes open. <laughs> So there's a there's a meme that I love that my friend sent me and, and it's supported me so much in my life. And the meme is this guy saying, Lord, save me from my haters. And then there's like God saying, <laughs> do everybody thinking about you. <laughs> oh, I need to I need to find that. Can you send me that? I will find it and send it to you. But yeah, it's just like, oh, wow. wow. Like <laughs> that's that's so huge for me because I know that. But sometimes mm -hmm. I um, like do this Michael Jordan thing where I create opposition on purpose mm -hmm. to motivate myself. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I project it on purpose because mm -hmm. that's what gets my gears going sometimes. Like when I walk into the gym to play basketball, I'll walk in and just scream at the top of my lungs. Everybody in here sucks. And I'm about to, the, I'm about to get all, I'm about to get into all of y'all. You know, it's just <laughs> something that, to get me going, you know what I mean? It's the warrior mode. It puts you in the warrior mode, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if you could spend one day with someone that you looked up to, anybody in history, who would it be? Mm -hmm. One whole day. There are a couple people, but I think someone I'd love to see in action, and this, this is going to be a mad one. I think this is going to have to be Leonardo, um, Leonardo da Vinci. I want to see if that bro was high because 
was the polymath of all polymaths. I'm obsessed with medieval Florentine um, yeah. history. I love, I love Florentine history. I, I go to Italy well, not last year, but I know we go to Italy at least once or twice a year and hang out in Florence. I'd love to just watch him in action yeah. and see what he was smoking because he was, he was about it. <laughs> and be like, yo, Leonardo, bro, how'd you learn this Fibonacci sequence? How are you putting this stuff in your work? Where'd you learn this stuff? <laughs> he, was cre- he was designing flying machines in the 14th and 15th. Like that's, yeah. it's crazy what he was getting up to. And then he'd go uh-huh. and paint a moment and then he'd go and do the stitch of day. And then he, he was amazing. I'd love to see him in action. Yeah. You know, most of us dream and forget our dreams. He was definitely dreaming with his eyes open. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right. Tell us what success is to you and what the perfect successful life is in your opinion. I think success is having a true connection to ourselves at a soul level, what I call the dream, and being resourced to take steps daily towards giving my all to embodying it. So it's not even getting to it. It's being in love with the process of shooting for it every single day. Wow. You know, we've every time I ask that question, I get a different answer. That might have been the most concise, most digestible answer we've ever had, man. That's amazing. That was good. All right. Is there anything that I should have asked you? I don't believe in shouldos, wouldos, couldos, but all I would love to leave with, with the listeners today for my part is Big Red's coming at you every episode whether it's dropping his own bombs or bringing people on and it's very easy sometimes i think to be overwhelmed with all of it or to start saying oh my god this person did that and they did this and that but versus honoring you your journey where you're at and that you're human you're not going to be dialed on every day yeah they're going to be challenges from time to time it's going to come on top from time to time but we always have a new opportunity every day to step up and try again and have fun doing it. Because at the end of the day, none of us are getting out of this life thing alive. Yeah. Nobody's getting out of this alive, but we can step up and we can give it our all and have fun. Yes. Like uh, Albert Camus said when uh, in, I think it was uh, the myth of Sisyphus, he said, well, as he was looking at the stars, it was the first time he laid his heart on the difference of the universe and to me, that's that same idea. You're you're going away. The, this ex- life experience is going to be over soon. So don't get too down and take anything s- too seriously. But at the same time, while you're here, work your butt off. Yeah, <laughs> put put it in, put it in work for sure. But have fun doing it. Um, real quick, plug everything you're doing. Um, plug your books. Someone was asking where can they get your books. Where can they follow you um, and catch up with you? Do you know what? The most convenient place to connect with me is on my website, dreamwithdan.com. It's really easy to remember. We've got free resources, like some downloads of some resources you can use, um, links to my podcast, books, any free webinars and classes that we're doing on my social media links. But I'm Dreamer CEO across I'm on Clubhouse, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, all of the things as Dreamer CEO. But yeah, my website is the most convenient place to catch me. 
um, for, for everything. And we, we like to keep it updated. You're on Clubhouse. Hey, man, maybe we could do a room together, hop in. I'll uh, make sure I follow you. I'm actually going to be hopping on in like an hour and 20, uh, asking the question, is there a proper way to manifest? So oh. Um, oh, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be working on it at the gym, so I'll be able to jump in. I'll be there. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's connect on there. Let's connect on that. Daniel, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank if you, you are launching any books, products, anything, um, you have my list to your dispo- disposal. Thank you you have my platform to your disposal. Thank, thank you, you so much, man. You're really awesome. You really coached me today. Thank you, everybody who was on the live. Make sure you guys subscribe, share. Uh, we're going to post it to every single platform for audio. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Till next time. Peace. Welcome to the Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the Success Code. Success Code. Success Code.